outside and that bitch let me Girl Talk, a platform for women to speak and be heard. I am your host, Unique J, the Survivor's Coach. Before we get started, let's get into some locker room rules. First and foremost, I'm not an expert at anything, but I'm experienced at a lot of things. This is a judge-free zone. Jesus is popping to me, not up for debate. Your belief is yours, mine is mine. With that being said, hey ladies, let's talk about it. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Girl Talk. Um, as I said, this is your host, Unique J. We're going to get started. We got our, oh, what can I say? <laughs> My sis, but to y'all, Miss <laughs> Ranche, she is going to be here today with us to talk about um, being a twisted survivor. So before we get started, Ranche, give us a little bit about who you are. I am, as my sis said, I am Ranche Allison. I am the proud wife um, to David Allison, um, proud grandmother to eight with nine, one on the way, so nine grandbabies. Um, I am an elder in the, um, the house of the Lord, Canaan Manifested Word Church, where Bishop Brenda Parker is my pastor, um, proud mother, like I said, wife. Um, an advocate for so many. Um, and that's just an um, entrepreneur. Um, that's who I am. All right. So entrepreneur, what are you, what, what's your brand? What's your clothing brand? What, what's, what's that about? Um, my God for 413, which is something that I live every single day. Um, knowing that I can't, but with God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we do apparel, we do um, customized, whatever it is, we do a little bit of everything. So what's my confidence? If people don't know what my confidence um, is. My confidence is trusting in God, knowing that with God, you can do all things that I can't do it on my own strength, but I can do all things through God who strengthens me. Okay. All right. Like that, like that. So how long have you been married? So we this year we've been together 33 years. Um, but this year we'll make 17 years of being married. 17 years marriage. <laughs> I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. We at 11. I'm trying to get there. We'll be there. We'll be there. So we are going to go into what our play of the day is. 
And that is, are you able to stay in a relationship after domestic violence has happened? So what that is, what you call a twisted survivor. So give us what a twisted survivor is. A twisted survivor, in my own wording and what I've experienced myself, is um, surviving domestic surviving domestic violence, surviving in a relationship after domestic violence. Um, that's a twisted survivor to me. And um, not only that, when you've yourself, um, it wasn't just the where's two two people that played a big part in it. But being able to um, come together, even after um, going through the abuse, um, mental, physical, and emotional abuse, and then being able to get the help. Number one is seeking God. Um, I had to seek God in all things, and I had to seek God for myself. And he was the one that led me um, after going back and, you know, getting help, both of us getting counseling, um, anger management, um, and then coming back together. And God, you know, that's God did it. So how did you, because as me being a domestic violence survivor, when I was in domestic violence, I didn't look at it as domestic violence. I just, because we were so young, I just felt like me and my baby daddy was getting into fights and we going to both look like we was in a fight. Um, it wasn't until I got older and it really hit me uh, after I uh, published my first book that I am a domestic violence survivor that everything that I was going through that I went through like it wasn't normal but seeing domestic violence with my dad it just like I don't know people say like why did you stay it wasn't really that I stayed it was more so he wouldn't leave me alone so if you're gonna act crazy I'm gonna act crazy too but it wasn't like I stay because, oh, I love you because. And now being married, I know what real love is. And that wasn't love. But you want to keep on stopping what I'm doing. I'm going to stop what you're doing. So how was you able to distinguish that you really were in a domestic violence situation? Um, Because just as you said, the thing of it is, is that. Any kind of um, abuse. You know, we say domestic violence, but any kind of abuse, and I'm talking about the mental, um, the mental abuse is worse, can be more worse than the physical abuse. Yeah. Um, because of the long lasting, you know, the scars, the scars, they come, they're there and they heal. But that mental part, you know, is where the trauma, you know, either side is trauma. But where I, I knew from the beginning, you know what I'm saying, what it, that it was domestic violence, because, again, when you put in your hands on someone. Or again, even physical, you know, um, emotionally of being abused. Okay. It's abuse. I don't right. care how you sugarcoat it or cover it. It's abuse either way you look at it. Right. So, you know, from the beginning, I knew, you know what I'm saying? I knew that it was abuse, was domestic violence. See, I didn't, I didn't register it as being abuse. I registered it as we was fighting. And to be honest, I started fighting first because my aunt, used to knock her boyfriend out <laughs> and I'm like oh you want to fight we gonna fight so that's how it started but then when it got out of hand where I couldn't control it and it became more physical than how it started 
And to be honest, not saying that what he did was right, but as women, we know we can hit below the belt. We can, we can trigger. We mm -hmm. definitely can trigger. And I was a trigger person. So when you're, when you guys were fighting, when it started, was it just anger issues on both? Or was it like, like, how did you, how did you notice the red flags? How are you able to point out red flags for someone else? Um, the red flags are uh, definitely because the attitudes change. Um, and that's the, you know, that's the number one flag. And then, like you said, with the triggers, you know, let's talk about that for a hot second. The triggers, you know, like you said, hitting below the belt, you know what it is to trigger. Um, even if a person is walking away, trying to attempt to walk away, and then you're constantly, you know, going behind them. And you know what I'm saying? You're starting. They trying to walk away, but you still walking behind them. You know what I'm saying? Nagging them or whatever. Again, it does not want for a person to put their hands on you. But again, you know, again, when a person is trying to walk away to go um, move, remove themselves from that situation, allow them to walk away. Um, so that was that was one of the biggest things. Yeah, I used to be like, you ain't going nowhere. We're going to fight. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. We're going to fight. And now me looking back and seeing that, like, it's not giving an okay to what he did. And it's not giving an okay to what I did. But it's my accountability that I had to hold myself accountable for the things that I did also. And a lot of ours was just young, young, trying to do grown things and be grown. That's what my grandmother said. You're trying to be grown, trying to have, we had a kid. I had a kid at 19. He was 18. I moved out of my mother's house. We living together, got a kid, like trying to be grown. And I think I talk to younger women, younger ladies more because they don't see them red mm -hmm. flags. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, he's stalking me. He loved me. He coming up. He popping up. He loved me. That's definitely a lot of love. That's control. Mm -hmm. That's control. Absolutely. And with that, you know, um, they, you know, even with that, you know, you talk about the love taps. Them not no love taps. When that first hit, when that first hit, that's that red flag. Because that cycle, it only gets worse because it's that cycle that continues. And like you said, um, it, it didn't get better. It got worse. Right. Right. And that's what I try, like with the younger girls, you know, when you're in elementary, they like, oh, he hitting you because he, he like you. Is it like, or is he starting a cycle? Like you got to stop it early. It's got to be nipped in the bud early. Mm -hmm. I remember before I even got into my relationship with my ex, with my daughter's dad, I was in a whole nother relationship where I was hit. We was fighting. A gun was pulled on me. I didn't think that you couldn't tell me he didn't love me. He loved me. Mm -hmm. I was now looking back like. This started long when I was back in the fourth grade. I was jumped by a boy because I went kissing like this. This is serious. Mm -hmm. Like people don't realize the red flags especially our younger generation because they think oh he's stalking me he like me he want my he can he want my what they say drop your location he want my location because he loved me no he want to control, control. Yeah. he wants to control you and I remember going through that like I remember going out with my 
sister out to the club and coming and everybody then left the parking lot and I can't start my car. And here he come walking from behind the club with my battery. Like I remember the, these things. So to somebody who is younger, what's the advice? Like what, what would you give for you know, paying attention to red flags? Um, like I said, the, you know, definitely paying attention to, you know, the, the hitting, the verbal, the, the drop your load, you know what I'm saying? Dropping your location. All of those things are red flags. Um, when you're, when they're trying to tell you where you can go, where you can't go, then they'll begin to start to try to exclude you from with your friends and with your family. That's also a part of control. Those are definitely red, you know, red flags and pay attention to them. Um, because again, you know, even, you know, let's talk about even with the money situation, you know what I'm saying? A bribery, I give you a couple of dollars or, you know, nowadays let's be real and transparent. You know what I'm saying? Let me, you know, buy you a drink or, you know what I'm saying? Get you a bag of weed. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you have to be, pay attention to all of it. And like I said, I'm being real and transparent because how can you be free if you're not real, if you're not honest in this generation and this, this age, this is what's going on. You know, it wasn't so much. Yes, it was that back then, but now it's a whole. It's it's different. Yeah, and it's that de it's definitely different. And the money, I can vouch for that. We would get into a fight, and I mean, I literally the first fight we got into, like from here to here, my skin was. He drugged me across the floor where I had a carpet burn all the way down my face, where my skin was gone. I was bandaged up, but then two, three. Maybe four days later, here he come dropping off $4,500. So I'm not even looking at the bandages. I'm like, let's go to the mall. Like, I was so naive and didn't understand because it wasn't talked about. This is why I'm like, we, you need to learn these red flags because I didn't pay attention to them. Everybody else around me paid attention to them, but nobody told me what to do. My mother used to be like, you need to get away. He going to kill you. Everything you going through, I went through with your dad. Like, you need to get away. He going to kill you. But she didn't tell me how to get away. Mm -hmm. She didn't tell me what to do. She didn't tell me what to look for. So that's why my biggest thing is telling people what to look for. Mm -hmm. What to look for. Because that $4,500 didn't fix my face. Right, right. That scar's still there. Like, the scars don't go away. And just like you said, like the verbal abuse and pulling you away from your family secluding you away from everybody so that you can't get help. Mm -hmm. It ain't because he love you like that. Nah. <laughs> it ain't because he love you like Not that. Because love don't hurt. <laughs> love don't hurt. Love don't hurt. Definitely love don't hurt. <laughs> so how is it now um, with you being an advocate and talking about it? How was your relationship with your husband now after y'all went through what you went through how is it now as being a twisted survivor um our relationship is we we have an amazing relationship our marriage um is amazing um and again like my husband is one who even if he hear about anything about somebody arguing or fighting or anything like that it doesn't sit well with him um and that's how I know you know what I'm saying and that's a evidence of what God can do you know, the prayers of the righteous availeth much. And so he doesn't, he doesn't even agree, you know what I'm saying, to anything of that nature, anything of that sort. 
So like I said, you know, communication, we communicate, we talk. Um, and to be honest, like, you know, like you said earlier, being young, we were young. And as we grow old, you know what I'm saying? As we get older, wisdom, knowledge, we be, we tend to do things different. Um, you know, we, there's, and let me just be real. Cause people, there's no, no relationship or no nothing. That's just old peaches and creams at all times. Right. So, you know, let's just keep the bread all the way fresh. Exactly. But far as anything of that, you know, where it's, it's out of control. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, when I say we are, we're living, we're living a, a great life. We're living a great life. Even after, you know what I'm saying? Surviving after domestic violence. Because some people, like myself, um, ours had to end. And it ended tragically. He almost killed me. He ended up going to jail. It ended tragically. But people ask, like, how are y'all able to be friends? Well, one, we have a child together. We got grandkids together. We know how to be civil. And I had to put myself in his shoes. I had to forgive him first for me to move on but I had to put myself in his shoes because you mimic what you grow up and although I didn't see domestic violence in my home with my mother now I'm looking back my relationship Benny I experienced that I seen my father do those things so I had to put myself in his shoes and give grace. Mm -hmm. I had to give grace, but I know that that's the situation that I could never be in, but I learned from it. I learned from it and I didn't know what love was. I didn't know what love was. Mm -hmm. I know what love is now with my husband. My husband, ain't gonna, he going to go in another room. You're going to argue with yourself. <laughs> I ain't about to argue with you. You're going to argue with yourself. <laughs> I'm not about to read all them long texts. I'm not about to read none of that. You're going to talk to yourself. So we learn effective communication and effective listening. That was one of my things. I could never be wrong. I'm right. You can't tell me I'm right. So that was a big thing in our, in my, me growing up was I had to unique shut up sometimes. Shut up and listen. Everybody, everybody is raised differently. So as you, now, because I've my kids, I seen my kids start experiencing some things that I experienced. Have you seen that in your kids? Like, how are you able to tell? Because you got a daughter, it's them daughters. How are you able to tell your daughter, like, not to go like the red flags? Um, you know, and you know, daughters and sons. Um, yeah. but the you know, the thing of it is, is you know, by her. You know, by her experiencing and going through it, um, she learned very early. Mm -hmm. And also with getting counseling and people talk about counseling and therapy. Let me tell you something. It works. It works when you work it. Definitely um, do. And that's one of the biggest things. Even when she was younger, you know, I was able to get her in counseling, able to get her in therapy. So, you know, we talked about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm an open book. I'm real with my kids. There's nothing that I hide from any, you know what I'm saying, from any of them. We talk about it. Um, so, you know, as far as like the red flags and things like that, you know, they know, you know, they know. And again, when they're, when they think they adulting and they're grown, you let them, you know, adult and be grown. But at the end of the day, y'all know what's right and what's wrong. You know, for our daughters and our sons. Right. Um, 
you know, and, and that's, you know, and that we pray and hope for the best for all of our kids, you know, and those that they're even connected to their significant others. Um, and we don't, you know, we don't condone. That's one thing we don't do. We, we don't condone you putting your hands on nobody or nobody putting their hands on you. Yeah. I told my daughter's boyfriends, the ones that I'm, when they bring them to me, let me tell you something. She's grown. I don't whoop her. So you're not going to whoop her. We're going we gonna to get this started fresh out the gate. They don't get no whoopers. So don't put your hand on my kid. But I have to tell my kids, and y'all don't put your hands on them. Because my kids are me. I mean, they they the, the younger version of me. So I have to tell, don't put your hands on nobody. Because I was in a situation where my family was ready to kill because of me. And it was the same situation that my mother was in also. So I never wanted no one to hurt him because I still got a kid. Mm -hmm. My mother never wanted no one to hurt my dad because I still, she still had a kid. So when you in this domestic violence and you in these situations, a lot of times people don't want to come help because they don't want to get their family involved in it. So they sit in silence mm -hmm. for a long time. And this is why I, I'm big on speak up. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you go back 20 times, speak up. Because eventually me in your ear, that's going to have you seeing something different. I can't stop what you're going to do, mm -hmm. but I can keep on praying and I can keep on telling you where to go. I can keep on directing you. That's a big thing of why I lead by example. Mm -hmm. Because you can't tell your kid, oh, don't let him hit on you. And then your kid saying, you getting hit right, on. Right, right, Like, cycles got to break. Mm -hmm. So, in that, like, how how is your, how are you and your kids? Like, how is that? Because my daughter was, was affected by it. Yeah, so, um, and, you know, and, like, just to go back a moment, when you, you know, when are those cycles, you know what I'm saying, generational. And the thing of it is, that's the curse. The generational curse has to be broken. So that's why, you know, I'm big on, you know what I'm saying, speaking about these things. Um, and another thing that you, you know, touched on was being silent. Um, and a lot of people be silent because of the fact that they don't have anybody that they can trust, you know, and talk to and be vulnerable with. So they suffer in silence. Um, and that's one of the biggest thing is one of the biggest things if if you have somebody who you know is going through domestic violence and they're coming to you, but one is confidentiality. You that's the biggest thing. You have to not breach that confidentiality when they're coming to you and in, in confidence. And you not know, judge that part and not judge. And then, you know, if it's an emergency, you know what I'm saying? That's something different. But if they're coming to you because they're they've opened up. They've had enough strength and enough willpower to even come to you and talk to you about it. That's a huge step. And people don't understand that. That's a very huge step. It definitely is. Cause I did that with my grandfather. My grandfather was one of them people who said, don't come to me until you're done. And it took everything in me to go to my grandfather and tell my grandfather I'm done. I want a way out. So, again, like you said, don't shut them people out. Mm -mm. Don't judge them. You don't know. Just, just be there. Mm -hmm. Just be there. Even if they go back, just be there. 
just be be their outlet for them to have. Because a lot of times, like you said, they don't have that that outlet because they he probably didn't pull them away from family, or they're scared because they don't want to get family involved, or they're scared because they don't want to be judged. Mm-hmm. That's that was the biggest thing for me. I didn't. I don't want to hear what y'all got to say. I don't want to hear about you calling me stupid. I don't I don't want to hear none of that. Like, I just, when I'm ready, when I was right, I just need your help. I just need your help. And that's the thing, you know what I'm saying? And when, when you come, when a person comes to you in that way, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just need your help. That's a cry for help. And like I said, so many times people, they get shunned away. Because of that, because, oh, you came before and you said you was done before. I'm telling you, pay attention and be there for them when they're speaking, when they're coming out with those cries. It is imperative. And then also another thing, it's not only the men, you know what I'm saying, that are abusers. You have women that are abusers as well. You know what I'm saying? So don't just get it twisted on the male being or, um, you know, the abuser. You have women that abuse men as well. And hit below the belt and talk to them like they nothing. And yeah, you do. You do. Like I said, I seen my aunt beat her boyfriend up when he jumped in her face and tried to, man, no, you not. So that was my reaction. When you jump in my face like you about to argue with me, I'm going to swing on you first before you swing on me. So it can be women Mm -hmm. also. And you got men who were raised right, who are like, I'm not going to hit you. Mm-hmm. I'm not, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, I'm not going to hit you. And women take advantage of that. Absolutely. Some women take advantage of that. And they will continue. Like you said, he trying to go out the door. You still, <laughs> you still pulling him. You not going nowhere. You not going. Do you want this situation? Because this situation ain't what you want. Right. Especially when they're walking away. Especially when they're walking away. Let them walk away. And all domestic violence, like you said, twisted survivor, don't end with you got to be separated. So if you have someone now that's on the fence and don't really know if I should stay or if I should go, what would be your advice to to them? Um, My advice would be the thing of it is, is that, you know, how much you can take, you know, how much you've taken. And if it's to the point that you have to leave, you know what I'm saying? Leave. Um, because I let, you know what I'm saying? I left, I went to the shelter. Um, I went and stayed with a friend, you know what I'm saying? I left. And then I ended up coming back again, once things got better, but the thing of it is, it does not always end in that way. So once you leave, my thing is you have to have a plan. You have to have a plan and you have to have that plan in place. And so you have to execute the plan. Um, and once that plan is executed and if it's meant to be, because if the if it, it takes two. So if both parties are not working on get, making things better. It's not going to work because it takes two to in order for it to work. So, again, my advice would be, you know, how you you know where you're at. Um, if you have if it's time to leave, leave. And I'll say that loud and clear, leave, do not stay in an abusive relationship because I'm not telling nobody to stay. I'm telling you to go get the help that's needed. Speak out, get that support and go. 
And a lot of times people stay because they've become comfortable. They become comfortable in that relationship. So they stay. And they also think, you know, this is a part of, oh, I'm good. I'm cool. No, you're functioning in dysfunction. You're functioning in dysfunction. No, and people learn to live. But that part, people, you know, they begin to live thinking they're living, but they're not living. You're surviving, but you're surviving in dysfunction. Yes. But when you left, you went and did the work. Absolutely. But you let's go back to what you said. You went and worked on you. That part. Because I couldn't, I can't, I couldn't work on him. You know what I'm saying? I worked on me. But first of all, I worked on our daughter. Got her in therapy. And once I got her in therapy, then I got myself in therapy. And when I went in the, in to therapy, the lady, she was like, Well, you got the plan, you got it all mapped. Because I was serious because I knew what I wanted and I knew where I wanted to go. And if it was not going to happen that way, it wasn't going to happen because I knew somebody was going to be hurt. You know, somebody was going to be hurt. And the thing of it is, is when you get to that point of sick and tired of being sick and tired, you have to do something and you have to do something quickly. And that nowadays things is not the same as back in those days. It's different. But abuse is abuse. And I'm telling you, when it comes to the verbal abuse and when it comes to the physical abuse, I'm telling you, stop it. Do not sit there and let it go on because it that cycle, that cycle is hard to break. Once that cycle begins and it continues, it's hard to break. And I had got I had left. I had left. I left for seven years. I left for seven years. Had another kid, everything. But I took he was in jail and I took my daughter to visit and I seen the sparkle in my daughter's eye. So I'm like, okay. Because when he when he wasn't a bad person, he wasn't a bad person. I knew who he was. So we re we reconnected and got back together. And then when he came home, that cycle started again. And at this time now, my girls are up in age. So I'm like, you yeah, know. I'm not dealing with this again. It's over with. I'm not dealing with this again. And that's when it was like a whole week of just torture. I removed my kids first. I got my kids out first. And like you said, you had to have a plan. Mm -hmm. I got my kids out first. Then I removed me. And just so happened, I was at at my house. My car was in the shop. I was at the house by myself. And that's when he broke in and uh, literally I've not. And that was another thing. I never was scared of him. I never was scared. But that day I was, I seen something different in him. I seen something different and I knew that day I was going to be dead. So I, I called the police because I didn't even know it was him. I called the police and they was able to get for him to get arrested. So that was my out. That that was my out. He went to jail for six years and I didn't have no communication with him. So that was my out. But a lot of people don't have that out. Right. A lot of people don't have that out. I have a cousin who was murdered by her husband and I have a cousin who murdered his wife. So a lot of people don't have that out. So when someone is coming to you looking for assistance, be that out Mm -hmm. because you don't know how that situation can end. You don't know how that situation can end. Because that day, 
I seen my life be gone. I knew I was dead that day. So that that's that's one of my big things. Like we have to talk about it. We mm -hmm. have to tell people the steps to take and what to do. Like mm -hmm. you said, you need to have a plan. And you gotta work on you. Yep. That's in any relationship. Yeah. Even now in a marriage, if you doing you going this way and your husband, like you, you can't make them do what they what you want them to do or be who you want them to be. You have to work on you. And then if they come around, they come around. But what I what one thing that I seen from TD Jake say is you can't pastor your spouse. You can't pastor your significant other. You can't. No, not at all. It's not going to work. You have to let God do that. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Because even when, you know, you have to, God, God waited. You know what I'm saying? He waited for us. He, he, when we were ready, when we were ready, we came to him and he received us. And that's huge. I, that's, a, that's, a, that's huge. You know what I'm saying? And we can't, we cannot, we can't pastor, we can't control, we can't do any of that. We have to worry about us. You know what I'm saying? It's an inside, it's an inside thing. And so many people try to work on the outside, but then that inside is jacked up and toe up. I thank God. You know what I'm saying? When I finally look me in the mirror, when I face Ooh. me in the mirror, that person you get up and see every morning is you when you get up in the mirror. You not seeing nobody else. You seeing you. And when I sat in that mirror and I looked in the mirror and I saw me for me and know that I was jacked up, baby, I was Oh, I was good on the outside. But that inside I was broken. I was I had stuff missing. I was hurting the trauma rejection so much. You know what I'm saying? Even self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. You know, all of that. But when I began to work on me, for real, for real, I'm talking about for real, for real work on me. That's when the true healing began to take place. Right. You know, when I began to go, go to therapy and I'm talking about the pillars, all the pillars, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. When that began to line up, all of them began to line up. That's I'm the woman that you see sitting here today. There's nothing fake, phony uh, about it. I am who God says that I am and I've been through, but the been through has made me into the woman of God that I am today. The wife, the mother, the grandmother, the aunt, the sister, the friend, all of that. But it wasn't until I looked her till I looked around Shay in the mirror and was able to see her that broken, that little girl that was hurt that needed to be healed. And like I always say, when you heal the little girl and the little boy, the woman and the man will evolve and flourish. Because a lot of us, a lot of people are still that broken little girl yeah. that has those daddy issues. Mm -hmm. That's looking for that perspective of what they think a family supposed to look like because they just seen the Cosby's or they want that, that white picket fence with the dog. And this is what marriage supposed to be like. And this is what a relationship supposed to be like. But they or they didn't, they, they daddy ain't been around. Mm -hmm. So now they going to different men because they trying to find that love that they didn't get from their dad. And as I, like you said, when I looked me <laughs> in the mirror and I started not just surface healing, when I started core healing roots down to my <laughs> core Listen. healing, yeah. I seen that little girl was still broken. 
by the men that I was chasing, that was chasing me, that I was connecting to, it was that little girl still looking for that dad. Mm -hmm. Cause every man that I went with prior was the same as my father. And a lot of me, a lot of girls make that same mistake. Mm -hmm. They date what they dad is or what they seen from their dad. Or what they looking for. Or what they looking yeah, for. Yeah, what they looking for. That's a lot of what the women is. And when we talk to the younger generation, it's they so hooked on material things that it's hard to get them to look at the red flags because they have these babies. They bring these babies up. And I mean, that's just like, look at some of the stars, look at the, what, what blue face and Krishan, like that's horrible. All of this on the internet and they put everything on the internet and nobody is here to say these babies, they, these babies need help. They need this help because again, generational cycles. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my biggest things. I refuse to let this get to my grandbaby. Mm -hmm. I refuse to let my grandbaby go through this. I refuse to let her suffer through any of this. We're going to fix this now. I'm going to take this on. I'm going to get myself mm -hmm. together so that I can properly lead by example and not just be leading, properly mm -hmm. lead by example. <laughs> and like you said, you got to do the work. Mm -hmm. It ain't going to just happen. And it don't happen overnight. <laughs> Definitely don't. And you and both of you, like you and your husband went and got the help that y'all mm -hmm. needed for y'all to able to be come back. My grandmother used to always say, if it's meant to be, it'll come back to you. Mm -hmm. If it's meant to be, it'll always come back to you. This is why I'm like, yeah, my husband was meant to be because we broke up in high school, went our separate ways. No beef, no none of that. Just went our separate ways. And then here we are mm -hmm. 11 years later, married. Mm -hmm. So it can happen, but I too know me. So I know what to do now and what not to do. Mm -hmm. You can't keep carrying on them same things Ooh. into the next relationship and expecting something different. It ain't going to happen. Cause you carry you wherever you go. Okay. And until you, again, and you carry you, if you listen Listen to that. You carry you wherever you go. So wherever you go, whoever you're with, you're taking you. And until you decide to really, really, like I said, look at that man or that woman in the mirror and get that help. It's that baggage. You still got that baggage. You still weigh down with that baggage that you didn't had again from when you was a little boy or a little girl. You're still carrying that trauma. So until you're till you go back and you heal that. And you remove to begin to remove those, you know what I'm saying, those, those um levels because it's layers, it's layers. And until you get to the root, that's just like when you have a plant, that plant you got to get when you uh repotting, you got to get to the root of it. And that's how it is with your, you know what I'm saying, with anything that you've gone through, you've got to get to the root of it. Because if not, you only deal with the surface and you'll continue to carry those things in any relationship. I'm talking about friendships, not just only just your significant other, because you'll begin to, it'll begin to spill off in your friendships. And mm -hmm. then you're wondering why you're like, dang, okay, well, what's going on? Because you still got you and you got walls up, you know what I'm saying? Because you people trying to get in, you got walls up and you're not even letting them in. You, you pushing them away and they trying to befriend you or whatever the case may be. So 
is 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 deep. You know what I'm saying? It's deep, but it's something that could be done. Yeah, you gotta you do gotta the be, work. You gotta be the real you, not who you pretend to be. Listen, that part. You gotta be the real you. You gotta be authentically yourself, yes. not who you pretend to be for everybody else. You gotta you gotta do some or who work. You post or who you post. Who you post okay. <laughs> you gotta be the real you like you right. said you're an open book to yeah. your kids i'm an open book to my kids my kids know everything i don't sugarcoat nothing i'm an open book because i need y'all to know what i've been through so that y'all don't go mm-hmm. I, I like you said we didn't go through what we went through for us no we went through what we went through because right now to help somebody to else that's, somebody that's listening right now yes that there is light at the end of that tunnel out of the darkness Listen. Okay. Listen. <laughs> Look out of the darkness. You know what I'm saying? And that's a whole nother thing. But you know, like I said, because so many, again, so many sit back and they suffer. You know, they dealing with depression, dealing with all types of things because they feel that they're off to themselves and they're secluded. But there is like there is help. You know what I'm saying? Don't ever feel like you know that even with that control or whatever. Don't allow that to happen to you. Don't don't think that you're by yourself because you're never alone. There's always somebody, you know, as we're sitting here today talking and advocating, um, there's always somebody there that's going to be able to be that light, even when you in that dark place. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times you feel like you by yourself. So you stay, you stay in dysfunction, learning how to function in your dysfunction and everybody on the outside see you and they think she good, but yet inside you dying. Yeah. And then some of them on the outside see, you know what I'm saying? They see what's going or you, on. Or you, you got know what I'm the saying? bruises yep. for show. You know, they see what's going on, but then, you know, be, because you haven't said anything, so they're not saying anything. You know what I'm saying? And you, again, even the ones on the outside, when you see something, go to them in love. Don't sit there and condemn. Go to them in love. You know what I'm saying? Don't make them, don't make the person feel bad about themselves. That's one of the biggest things. Even if you notice the bruises or whatever the case may be, go to them in love because they hiding it from you. So that's why they're not coming to you. But go to them in love. And then sometimes you don't, you feel like, well, I don't want to be in their business. It's still a way that you can be in her business without being in her business. Just be there. Mm -hmm. She might just need a hug that day. She might just need some word of encouragement. I'm not trying to be in your business, but if you need me, I'm here. And I ain't just talking. Here go my number. Call me. Action. Give me a hug. <laughs> like you, a lot of times, a lot of times people don't want to be in somebody else's business. But sometimes you have to step in somebody else's business because you, again, you could be saving somebody's life. And like you said, there's ways to go about it. You know what I'm saying? Because I know a lot of, and again, a lot of people worry about that too. Because, hey, if they, you know, got this going on and I go intervene or whatever, there's ways, like you said, there's ways to do it from the outside. You don't have to go and, you know what I'm saying? And again, you, and again, you, you have to be careful. Again, because we being real, but we being transparent and we being honest. But you have to be careful even with doing that when you, uh, step into somebody else's business. You have to be careful because you don't know where that person's mental is at. You don't know where their mind is at. So you have to be careful. 
You know, we ain't lo- we ain't leaving no loose ends open. Yeah, we you, we closing up all these you, ends. You definitely <laughs> have to be careful. You definitely have to be careful because I had a person tell me when I went to a person for help. I had a person tell me, "I don't want his drama. I don't want your drama at my house. I don't want him coming to my house looking for you. I don't want him." So that just made me like shut completely down. Okay, well I'm gonna deal with this on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna deal with this on my own. But it was too much for me to handle. It was too much for me to handle. And a lot of it, too, was pride. It was my pride. Mm -hmm. It was my pride getting in the way. Like, I ain't going to nobody for no help. I'm going to just deal with this, and I'm going to handle it my way. But handling it my way could have had me dead or in jail. Could have had him. You know, it could have had one of my kids gone or any of that. So that's why I'm like, we need to speak up. Even if you don't want to take my advice, even if you don't want to change or something, just know I'm here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said about the kids, you know, that's, you know, briefly about the kids. These, the kids face a lot of trauma. You know, the arguing and fighting, the kids face a lot of trauma that they're don't, a lot of times don't even talk about. You know what I'm saying? So they go, they going through it when these babies are, you know, even teens, when they're in a house and abuse, I'm so even verbal. When they're in the house, physical or verbal abuse is going on, it is trauma and it's hurting. Pay attention to these babies. Then you wonder why they're suffering in school. You wonder why they're suffering in their relationships, all types of things. It's because of the things that they see at home or, you know, I'm saying the things that they're that they're experiencing, not just something that that's being talked about. It's something that they're experiencing. So you have to get these babies help. You have to, and you you can't allow them just to continue to stay in this trauma, in this dysfunction, because everything around them is now dysfunctional. And you got to have that communication. Me and my daughter didn't have that communication. So it wasn't until maybe two years ago that my daughter was like, I hated that you went back to him. I hated him being here. I hated him being there. Here, I'm thinking I'm doing something. For her, that she going to be happy because she got both of her parents in the house. She's going to be happy. And here my daughter hated it. She was suffering in silence. We were prisoners in our own home. So we we didn't have that communication. Mm -hmm. You got to have that communication, too. You got to have that communication. And my mother used to always have round table. Round (laughs) table. I'm not sure. Be respectful. Right. But get what you need to get off of you. Mm-hmm. Tell me because I'm not always right just because I'm the parent. And it was my kids that made me look at me. When my kids started telling me how they felt, it was like, okay, Unique, it's really time for a change. Mm-hmm. It's time to really mm-hmm. look at Unique and really heal Unique. Because mm-hmm. if you don't heal Unique, what Unique dealing with is spilling over mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you got to do the work. So uh, let's talk, uh, let's go back before we end. Let's go back about my confidence. How can someone get in touch with you um, regarding my confidence or Um, apparel? Yep. You can find me on, I have a website, um, myconfidence.com. Um, and then also on the um, social media platforms on Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can find me there as well. 
Um, and then um, as we're here, we have an Out of the Darkness, October the 28th um, from 1 to 5 p.m. at the Frederick Douglass Community Center. Um, there's going to be uh, speakers and each one are, is coming in their own way to tell their stories of Out of the Darkness. Um, it's definitely an event that you don't want to miss. You want to be in the building. The tickets are $30. They're on Eventbrite. And then I have them as well um, and on person. Okay. And what's out of the darkness? Out of the darkness is when you were in that dark place. And for me, I can speak for me, when God allowed me to come out of that dark place, um, depression, you know, suicidal thoughts, um, abuse, molestation, um, alcohol, drugs, whatever it was of that dark place. And when you, God has allowed to say, and I'm always talk about God okay. because he is the source. He's my, he's who I call my, my God. <laughs> um, so I'm going to always talk about God, but where he brought me from, from out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And that's part of my story, part of my testimony, part of my empowerment. <laughs> that's what I say in the beginning hey listen Jesus is popping to me it ain't up for debate your belief is yours <laughs> and I ain't gonna try to like RP3 say I ain't gonna bully you I believe what I believe and you ain't gonna bully me that part okay so, <laughs> so let's highlight let's do our highlight of the day which is please don't suffer in silence all seriousness yeah. please don't suffer in silence uh, at the bottom of the screen, we have the domestic violence hotline scrolling. Uh, we have Miss Ranche Ellison information scrolling. My information is scrolling. We ain't just talking. Right. We're not just talking, y'all. We really here to Absolutely. help. Please reach out. Please, please, please. If we Absolutely. can't stress this no more, please, please reach out. Please do not suffer in silence. And sometimes, like you say, you got to do the work. You got to look at you. But even if you can't look at you and you got a baby, look at them. Absolutely. Make, Absolutely. make them be the reason. Make them be the reason. Because, again, love don't hurt. Not at all. Love don't hurt at all. So this is our time, y'all. want to thank you for coming. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having this me. This was absolutely great. And until we meet again next month, <laughs> we will be here again next month. I want to thank you all for tuning in to us. And again, we still can't stress it. Stress, stress, stress it. Enough. Please don't suffer in silence. Speak Please. up and speak out. Speak up and speak out and come out of the darkness. Right, that part. Yes. <laughs>